Hi there, and welcome. This is the All is Fair in Love and Rev Par podcast, a podcast designed for hoteliers by hoteliers. Learn how to elevate your hotel's revenue and experiences with new best practice tips. With vast experience with different brands and independent hotels, your host Haley Whiting will create different weekly topics about the hotel industry to help you and your hotel achieve your definition of success. The topics and guest speakers will vary from week to week to give you a well-rounded experience. Without further ado, here's your host, President of Hospitality with a Flair and Travel Blogger, Haley Whiting. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to All is Fair and Love and Rev Par. Happy, happy Wednesday. It is hump day. We are halfway through the work week. This week, we are so excited to have Chris, who's the Director of Recruitment for Snelling Hospitality, joining me this week. Hey, Chris, how are you doing today? I am good. Happy Wednesday. Yes. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So, Chris, I think a lot of people, you know, with the new year being here, you know, budgets are back live and well. I think there's kind of a hiring rampage going on, and I wanted to talk with you about that today and kind of what the environment's like. But first, can you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and about Snelling Hospitality? Be happy to. So I started out 2013 um, working here at Snelling Hospitality, began as a what was called a research recruiter. Uh, the role was you would basically find candidates. It'd be an account executive or a, um, we call them client developers, who would actually interact with their clients and would find new business. And my job was to find those candidates. Um, and from there, I went on to become an executive recruiter. Uh, became the office supervisor, and now I'm director of recruiting. Um, and what's part of the, our, our overall parent company um, is called Snelling One, uh, which basically is an overarching enterprise of Snelling Hospitality, which focuses, of course, on the hotel industry and hospitality industry, of course. Uh, we have Snelling HR Solutions, which deals with uh, more of the uh, non-hospitality markets, if you will, uh, but still a lot of the marketing, sales, finance, accounting, that kind of thing. We also have uh, Job Wolves, which is, uh, does a lot when it comes to, to uh, hiring, when it comes to training and those types of things. Uh, and we're also doing some uh, future public speaking as well. So it's an overarching um, goal, if you will, when it comes to providing value to people, both you know, how you can become a better employer, but also how you can position yourself, especially in this market, to be a prime real estate employee. So it sounds like you guys are just a one-stop wheelhouse shop for pretty much anything hiring HR. You just, you guys seem to know it all. What we try. (laughs) It is through tried and true method. We, we have realized that we have the, we've been very blessed with the ability to have all this knowledge when it comes to working with different employers across the country, working with a multitude of just talented candidates and We've want to be able to impart some great knowledge. Uh, we offer some free courses as well, uh, whether they be the uh, free interview course, we offer a, a, a LinkedIn course, as well as a resume course, all on video, uh, providing the opportunity to let candidates really stand out um, and you know really become the kind of potential employee that they want to be. That's amazing. I'll make sure I link that stuff down below for you guys to check out. This sounds great. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the benefits from both sides of using a recruiter, um, you know, what the hiring looks 
like during COVID and possibly potentially post-COVID-19 here and some best tips and tricks. So let's get started. So Chris, if I am a hotel or a management company, what are the benefits of using a recruiter versus just putting a job ad out there? Great question. So, I mean, there's a couple of real immediate benefits. The first, let's look at the realistic side of things. You have right now a posting. We'll say for a sales manager, director, sales, GM, you name it. Unfortunately, we know that the market is saturated with candidates right now. There's tons of people looking for work. So you do a job posting, whether it be on LinkedIn or on one of your, your, your job boards or your ATS, and you end up uh, getting approximately 150 or 200 resumes. You may not have time, in addition to all your other responsibilities, with vetting all those candidates and weeding down the good from the bad and providing the, the top candidates. So a recruiting firm can help do that. We're able to, if you will, separate the wheat from the chaff and we can find the best candidates for you. We will pre-screen the candidates and we also will help coordinate any interviews for you. It just takes one thing off your plate. The other area you look at is there's two different types of candidates traditionally. There's the passive and there's the active candidate. An active candidate is someone who either A, is currently working and is unhappy in their role, or they are not working right now. And they are, again, engaged in trying to find their next job. Those people are tend to be easier to find. Again, you can go to the job boards, the monsters, the career builders, career boards, those types of things, and you can find those candidates. Where you won't find those candidates as quickly as in the passive candidate. This is a candidate who is maybe happy in their current role, is not actively looking, but they may have a desire to move to a certain part of the country or maybe looking to make a, a certain career growth move eventually. And if that opportunity were to present itself, they'd wanna hear more. We work on building relationships with the passive candidates. These are candidates who you're not gonna find on the job boards. And we only know about them through our continued relationships. They also tend to be more attractive to hiring managers because to be frank with you, uh, those people who are, not, who are not working right now, as hard as they try, can come across um, a little bit desperate, if you will. And so uh, the candidate who is uh, currently working and is not looking to make a move, um, they tend to become uh, a little more attractive to the hiring manager. Very cool. And what does something like that typically cost? Is there a rate range or does it vary based on the scenario? Good question. So we actually do a, a percentage fee. Um, and so how we work is uh, it's based on the first, um, the, the, the candidate's salary. Um, so if the candidate cost, you know, say their salary is going to be $50,000, we have a percentage fee that we will charge out. And then we also offer a guarantee to go with that. We also offer a uh, two payment plans. So we know that right now in particular, uh, you know, it, it can be challenging for a hotelier. I mean, uh, if you're talking about a, you know, $10,000, you know, placement, for example, that could be rather challenging for a, a management company or hotel to pay up front. No problem. We actually will split it into two payments to make that work worth their while. And like I said, we do also offer a guarantee. Uh, right now, it's, it's, we know it has been 90 days in the past, but given the market we have, and given everyone being under a, a stressful time, we've actually, to work with our clients, we've actually increased that to six months. Um, and 
it more or less boils down to if that candidate does not work out within the first six months, we will actually work to replace that candidate for them at no charge. Um, so it's a really, and the other part to it is, of course, we, and again, not, not every firm is like us, like ours. There's some that are um, retainer. Um, we are a contingency-based firm, which simply means that there is no charge to work with a firm like ours until you placed a candidate, until you hired a candidate. We'll do all the interviews, we'll do the pre-screens, we'll do the reference checks, all of that is done at no cost. And only until you actually uh, were to physically, uh, you know, uh, hire someone would you have to actually, you know, pay that fee. So that's why it's time, really time saved. And it's getting yourself access to candidates that you may not otherwise uh, have access to. Absolutely. That, I mean, six <clears throat> months, that's really impressive. That's great for you guys, because I can only imagine given the current environment, how many people are out of work, just how many resumes people are getting inundated with. That's crazy. So let's flip this over. Um, what are the benefits if you are somebody that's looking to use a recruiter to find a new job? So, I mean, I think the, the biggest part to it is, again, having the access to the jobs to also knowing the hiring manager. Um, traditionally, especially if you're going to be um, going into, uh, if you go to, to a, a job board site, for example, it'll either link you off to an, an applicant tracking system, which will eventually be re reviewed by someone on the recruiting team, uh, or it'll go to a general inbox, if you will, jobs at or resumes at that company's info box. And then what will happen is they'll get reviewed. And then you're having to compete with what could be several hundred other candidates. We have a direct relationship with the hiring manager. So when I send over a candidate's resume to the company, it is going to that hiring manager's desk. So now you're reducing the competition. The other thing is we are your advocates. We are your champions. And that is effective two ways. The first of which is we are able to um, help you, guide you when it comes to interview tips, when it comes to providing the best resume possible, when it comes to certain hot button issues you want to talk about. We know there's a, that are of a concern. Uh, it's one thing to say, hey, someone's looking for a director of sales. It's another to be able to say, well, hey, this company, they're looking to grow their corporate market uh, and they like a director of sales who's strong with a corporate background. Well, if you know that going into the interview, you can speak to that. It's having that leg up. The other part to it is um, we allow, we, because we're the champions for our candidates, we can be respectfully persistent with our clients. Uh, there's something to be said for a candidate who is continually reaching out perhaps too often uh, to a client uh, for feedback that can tend to look a little bit desperate. Um, however, if the recruiting firm happens to reach out every so often just to get an update on how the candidates are doing, it looks a little bit better, if you will. So it provides the ability to get more rapid feedback and again, gives you the best chance to, to put that best shine on your profile. Very cool. Now, is there a cost associated for somebody that's, you know, that comes to you and is like, hey, you know, I have all this experience as a director of sales. I'm looking for a change of pace. 
um, can you help me? Is there a fee on that end or is it just on the employers who are hiring then? It is just on the employers. We do not charge our candidates for utilizing our service. Like I said, that's, we do offer a, what's called an intensive, we could talk about at a later time, but it's, we offer an intensive course where we can actually go over their resume. We can go over their LinkedIn profile and help analyze that and, and help those ways. And for that, we would charge the, the candidate, but the traditional prepping you for an interview and any job searching we do for you, any anytime we are happy to, to market to other clients, anytime we're talking to you when it comes to uh, any job opportunities, you will never pay. Um, that's just, you know, you're looking for a, a job. You are our most valued asset. Bottom line is uh, we can have all the job orders in the world. If we don't have quality candidates, it's not getting anywhere. So truly those people who, I, I know it may sound cheesy, but the those we work with, my candidates, they are my lifeline and I'm truly grateful for all of them. That is fantastic. And those are some great tools to have. So, I mean, you've been riding out this pandemic with the rest of us in the hospitality industry. What is the current hiring environment like? Are you noticing things like decrease in the average pay? Um, what's that looking like to you? So it's the real issue we run into with hiring is it's the best example I have is you walk up to a, a pool, think of a swimming pool, and you are not sure if the pool is heated or not and what the temperature is. So you dip your foot in and you take it out, dip your foot in and take it out. That's a lot what the market can be like right now. And the reason for that is some of it is, if you will, shell shock from what happened. I mean, think about the hospitality industry. You're talking January and February, we were at a full blast. Things were going great. We were looking at having a record year again, uh, just nonstop growth. And literally mid-March, the bottom falls out and it's a full stop and it just drops. And that caused a lot of anxiety and caused a lot of trauma. And so there's a trepidation to go back up in motion again. The other piece to it, somewhat political. Uh, there are some states that what is happening is you'll have the governors and the state legislatures will come in and they'll open a state. Oh wait, we gotta close this part again. Oh wait, we have to open. Wait, there's a curfew. Now, and so when you have this open, close restriction, remove restriction, it makes it difficult for hospitality professionals and owners and leaders to manage because you have no idea of what's happening tomorrow. And, I it makes me think, you know, when I think back to last year, I think of that song from Lame Miss, I dreamed to dream because everything was just so magical and wonderful and just came crashing down. And, you know, some of the things that I've noticed and other professionals have showed me as well is that, you know, I have, a, I'm obviously in the sales world previously here and have a lot of friends that still work in hotel sales. And, you know, they've looked for jobs and the pay is just yes. insane. I've seen job postings for a sales manager that's 100% commission or, you know, $10, $12 an hour, which is very, very wild. Well, I think it's the, the big concern we have there, and I've talked to some hiring managers about this, and 
to be true, I'll be honest, it, it, it is the time. You have directors of sales, you have GMs, uh, other very, very, very successful uh, accredited um, hotel professionals who have been out of work going on almost a year now. And so because of that, there is a certain amount of desperation, deer in a headlight type of a, of a look. And so the idea of blood in the water, if you will, is kind of out there. Uh, and so there is a temptation by several companies to uh, take advantage of that. And they are, you know, you always think of a buyer's market and a seller's market. Well, in this case, the market really is more toward the hiring manager than it is toward the, the candidate because of the number of people who are looking for work. The problem you run into with that mentality is it is very close-minded and very short-term thinking. So use your example, for example, if you talked about a, a sales manager who is commission only or is making $12, $13, $14 an hour. Now, for sure, $14 an hour is better than $0 an hour. Absolutely. But don't think for a second that they're not going to be actively looking for a new job as much as possible because they know they're being underpaid. So you may get someone on the cheap right now, but you're going to have to repeat this process again in two months, three months, four months from now when that person finds a new job. And now you have a new salesperson, for example, that you have to break in and they have to build momentum. It ends up costing you more money in the long run. Absolutely. And, you know, and I've also seen, you know, some companies that try to look internally. And of course, you know, I'm always going to preach, you know, try to, you know, grow your internal staff to, you know, kind of you know, build up in this industry, but, you know, I've also seen hotels that have taken a front desk manager or a front desk agent, even being like, Oh, I can stick them in sales and it's going to save me money. But in the long run, like you said, the inexperience is going to cost you money. hundred percent, 100%. So how do you think hiring is going to change post COVID-19? You know, I know there's situations where, you know, with all these massive layoffs that there's been, you know, companies that have had non-competes put in place that are still holding those is, you know, is that a factor that you're seeing out there? So the big factor we see when it comes to the, the, the COVID-19 has been, there's a thing called employer brand. And basically what employer brand boils down to is everyone worries about, if you think, think of a store, You've got a beautiful front of your store with a beautiful sign and a great, great uh, display window. And it looks all nice. And the front parking lot looks great. Well, what does it look out back? Is it old? Is it broken? Is it dilapidated? So an employer brand is what looks like out back. What does it look like for your employees? You can have a great company to your customers, but what, do, what does one person say to another person about working for your company? And how this plays into COVID-19 and the future is when March hit and companies had to make those unfortunate decisions to let people go. Now, all of a sudden, how did you handle that? What did you do? How compassionate, how understanding were you of those things? Um, again, the whole idea of a non-compete overall when it comes to Someone can debate the merits of a non-compete, whether it's right or wrong in any season, but you think about a non-compete during this time when you may have laid someone off. Um, sure, you may be able to enforce it, but at the same breath, what does it say about your employer brand? Uh, what do you have to gain 
if you have to let people go with enforcing a non-compete if they find a job elsewhere. So what you're gonna find is the market will work itself out to where you'll have companies which are gonna find it more challenging to find quality talent right now because those particular companies may have not handled this difficult time as well as they could have. And you're gonna have one employee talk to another employee. And there's a website called Glassdoor. That's a lot what Glassdoor is about. It's about what does that employer brand look like? And many have hit the, hit it very hard. And they've actually not done a great job. Conversely though, you may have a company that handled things tremendously. It did a fantastic job with how they handled it. Either providing better benefits or resources, or they really showed they cared. The irony of it is, while it costs you nothing to be a good employer, it can save, it can actually cost you to not be. Case in point, you work with a company, you go look at their, their opportunities, you hear that they're not the best reputation, you're going to go there only if there's a great chance to make a good, a good amount of money um, in that company. Conversely, if a company has a great reputation, great room for growth, they're really employee-centered, you're more than likely, if the salary isn't as competitive as you may want it to be, you may be willing to take that job anyways because of what the company is like and how they're building into their people. So it not only is it a nice, when it comes to COVID-19, I think the big, the big area you're going to see is people will remember how they were treated by certain companies when things went bad. And I think that they're going to have memories of that when it comes to us recovering and, and, and having those companies grow again. Absolutely. I mean, I could never envy having to be in that situation. I mean, you know, I think anybody that's, you know, truly, you know, of sound mind looking at this thing is that it was just terrible all around, you know, cuts had to be made. It's not, I think, a decision that anybody took lightly, but I think it's just like you said, it's, it's how you handle it. Right. You have to be able to, you may have been forced to have to downsize people. It may have been a very tough situation, um, but there's certain areas you have to look at. And again, um, how you handled it, um, you know, was there a sacrifice across the board or did it only affect the bottom line workers and those who are management didn't feel any, any, any effects? All these things go into it. And so whatever happened in March, April, May, June, when the layoffs occurred in earnest, now when, the, when those same hotels are looking to rehire again because things are building back up, how they treated people back then will have a direct impact with how they're being, how they themselves are being treated now. I completely agree. Well, how about we talk about some fun things, get off the doom and gloom of COVID-19 and see how we can end on a happy note. So let's talk about best tips and tricks for applicants. So you have referenced LinkedIn. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making on LinkedIn and how can they improve them? Sure, a big mistake, number one, is your LinkedIn profile and resume. Uh, when you look at your resume, I'm not talking about the, the, the fluff, if you will, in the first part of your LinkedIn profile, because that can change as, as times change. But that, when your skills and experience are up there, your LinkedIn profile and your, and your resume skills and experience need to match 
dates. And when I say dates, make sure you include month and year. Um, make sure that you're including the same company information. Make sure you have the same data in there. Um, that's crucial. Uh, just because a hiring manager, either they're going to find your resume off of LinkedIn or they're going to get your resume, you know, in paper, if you will, or off of an email, and they're going to go cross-check cross -check that with your uh, uh, LinkedIn profile. If they don't match, it's a red flag, and that may stop them from talking to you up front. Um, the other thing is be active. Um, you know, it's all about who you know. So be networking with people in your industry. Um, be, make sure you've got an updated LinkedIn profile picture. Make sure you've got all that good stuff that shows that you are out there and that your name gets out and about, if you will, when it comes to your, your, your LinkedIn background. Absolutely. So how important is that recommendation section? Because, you know, one of the questions that I've had from a followee here, you know, they worked for a company, they got laid off. Unfortunately, this company didn't handle it the greatest, like we were referencing earlier. Mm -hmm. And now she doesn't really have a lot of references because there's been so much turnover. People that she thought she had a good relationship with, you know, aren't replying to her, um, you know, because it wasn't based on job performance. Like how important is that recommendation section? It is okay. It, don't get me wrong. It's always great to have. Um, but the issue you're going to run into is it doesn't, a recommendation section is a nice icing on the cake. The reason it gets to be a challenge for a reference side is because every company has certain questions they want to ask. Um, and across the board, references have become a little bit jaded because um, you can pick three or four people who will speak nice about you. Um, for sure, companies want to use a reference to make sure that they do their due diligence. But at the end of the day, uh, many companies out there, they understand a reference is just that. It's someone speaking. A, you got to pick the person who is going to speak about you. So you hope they'll be speaking positive about you. Um, are they a good tool to have? Yes. Having the skills, endorsements, and, and uh, recommendations part of LinkedIn, sure, it's never going to hurt, but it doesn't replace the, the typical reference. Uh, but like I said, even the typical reference anymore, uh, the amount of weight it's carrying is decreasing over time. Very cool. Uh, talk to me what, about what people should put in the about me section. Really about me is, is more or less, it's almost a little biography. Um, it's a chance... The about me part is to almost the same as a um, the executive summary or the objective would be on a regular resume. It's a chance for you to um, really, if you will, get um, a quick overview of what you can do, who you are, your skills, your background, what you're bringing to the table up front. It's the first thing someone's going to see really when it comes to your profile. Um, so it's a brief way to kind of highlight who you are. Okay. And I did notice that recently LinkedIn added kind of a featured section where you can add posts, documents, media, mm -hmm. et cetera. Do you recommend having an actual resume attached there or is there something else that people could attach there? So it can be anything really. Um, resumes are great. Uh, the, the, but the thing is that featured section is set up because uh, much like if you think of Facebook, for example, you think of Instagram, for example. Um, Instagram is a good example of this because um, you, you think of your 
Instagram feed. And as you scroll up, as more things are posted, as time goes on, that information gets lost, gets buried deeper and deeper and deeper. So that content you may have posted, that great article you may have, that you may have that great picture or video you had, um, which was really great when you posted it, three weeks from now, it's long gone. So Instagram came up with the idea of, well, you can have your Insta stories and you can save stories to where now they are prominently featured in the top of your Instagram profile forever until you take them down. That's exactly what a feature part for LinkedIn is like. It lets you take whatever posts you've really accomplished by. If it's a, a post highlighting you've been promoted, for example, or you've received a new certification or an accreditation, if it's an article or a blog post you wrote, if it's a picture you took, whatever it may be, if you put it in featured, it always stays up top there. It doesn't go away as more content is created. Uh, and so it doesn't move unless you remove it, take it down. So it kind of makes sure that if someone looks at your LinkedIn profile, that will continuously be forefront unless you say otherwise. Awesome. Well, these are all great tips. And like I said, guys, I'm going to post Chris's information and links to Snelling Hospitality below. I think we're going to close out with the top recommendations that you can give to an employer that's looking to hire right now and to somebody who's looking to get a job that's maybe been out of work because of the pandemic the last year? What are like the top three things that each of those individuals should keep in mind? First, for an employer, think long-term, not short-term. Um, so that's the first part. Second of all, um, be aware of your employer brand when it comes to what's it like that way, when it comes to your, uh, your hiring. Uh, the other part is um, it's not always about just the salary. Uh, do a quick gut check of your, of your benefits. When I say benefits, um, I'm not just talking about medical. I'm talking about work from home. I'm talking about any kind of uh, employee savings plans when it comes to any kind of, uh, when it comes to, you know, some companies are even providing um, meal prepping plans like with Uber Eats and DoorDash. Um, what, kind of, what kind of services do you have to offer that way uh, to kind of stand out? And again, I keep highlighting it, but um, this season will end. And remember how you treat your employees now will speak volumes uh, to down the road when you need to hire additional people. When it comes to your, the hiring person who's looking for a job, my first advice to you is um, treat finding a job like it's your job. So, you know, my advice to you is don't, don't be discouraged. If you've been looking for a while and you haven't found anything, treat it like a job. Um, get dressed like you would go into work, if you will. Sit down at a desk or a table in your house and devote time each day to job hunting. Follow-up is key. Networking is key. And like I said, we do offer uh, the free interview course, uh, the free LinkedIn um, course to your profile, and we offer a free resume course. Take advantage of those things. Um, because we actually will be able to, you know, if you've not been interviewing or not been having to look for a job in many, many years, you may need some help, you know, brushing up on those tools. And when all is said and done, if you want that one-on-one -on -one interaction, reach out to us. We do offer the ability to do an intensive version of those, those courses. We can actually help you develop your resume, develop your LinkedIn profile and help you interview. Um, bottom line is don't be afraid, whether it's us or it's a friend you may know or anyone to ask for help 
Um, take time. Uh, understand that you're not in this alone. There's so many people out there who are looking for work right now, uh, but make sure you're brushed up on how to interview and what your resume should look like and your profile should look like, and just um, keep at it. Um, again, a reminder, this will not last forever. Um, we are going to see the other side of this. Those are great tips. You know, I think that continuing education portion is just so big. Like, you know, I've been dabbling into sites, uh, sites like Skillshare and whatnot over the past year. Are there any other classes that you think you could recommend for maybe employees that, you know, want to take that next step up to another job that you think would be helpful? Well, that, that's going to be very dependent upon what the next job they want to have is. Um, and that's part of knowing your career path. Um, a good job that you pick, whatever job it is, should have a defined career path. Where do I go from here? Um, you know, there's a difference between just wanting to find a job because you need a paycheck. Okay, that's a job. All right. Are you looking, are you job searching or are you career searching? And if you're career searching, you're looking at what's the growth potential. And so if you're looking to take a next step in your career, Every, every particular industry or job or profession, if you will, will have its own set of steps, things that you may want to take, uh, you know, whether it be uh, certifications, whether it want to be background, you know, you got to think back of uh, if you're looking into uh, um, the uh, hospitality or even when, I'm sorry, into um, uh, HR, for example, you know, director of HR or being an HR manager. If you're an HR generalist right now, do you have your PHR? Do you have, you know, something like that, if you will? Um, when it comes to, um, you know, any of these roles, do you have your uh, certain, you know, certifications you need? If not, now is a good time to go get those. Great tips, great advice. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you taking the time to help educate me and our listeners about the hiring environment. I'd love to have you back in maybe like six months or so, maybe great. when we're <laughs> when we're out of this and we can talk a bit more. But you guys, if you want to talk to Chris, please look at those details down below in the post here. We will have a brand new fresh topic next Wednesday here. And as always, stay safe, be kind, and we will see you next week on All is Fair and Love and Rev Par.